AI is a, a state, and I, I get this from Ray Kurzweil, the book, uh, uh, The Singularity. I highly recommend reading that. It'll, it'll make you think about, you know, the ultimate end of humanity, but that's another story. That's a little heavy for today, right, Yeah, Walter? it is, it is. I know, it's, I, I promised you I wouldn't do that, but, you know, right off the cliff. <laughs> Good afternoon. Welcome to North Point of View. I'm here with Dr. Walter Kimsies. Walter, how are you? I'm okay, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. So what's in your mind? Uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> Very little. <laughs> Surprisingly little. The article yesterday on robotics uh, in, the, in the journal uh, was, was sort of funny. They interviewed a guy that was sort of a, a, a babysitter of, of these ro robots. Uh, mm -hmm. They get lost, um, you know, they're, they're in people's ways. Um, they have one that keeps catching on fire and they can't figure out why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and I know that, that we've talked about the AI and how you've told me that some of these claims are just overblown. Uh, exactly where we are in, you know, in terms of AI development. Um, and I take a quick look at it and it seems to be not much ado about nothing, but sort of. Right. Right. Um, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, are, are they, I guess they're selling the future, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But the present day value is nothing in comparison to sort of what I see is the claims or maybe the long-term potential. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, technology, you develop something and uh, you get people to pay for it and it doesn't work that well, but you take that money and you reinvest in improving the product, et cetera. So those people who are those investors, they're called early adopters. Yep. So um, the press, when they publish stuff, they have two choices. There's bad news bad news sells, so they go after that. Or if they have slightly bad news, they inflame it. Whether you're left-wing or right-wing politician, it doesn't matter, okay? It doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, well, the other side said this, you know, and then they start throwing rocks at each other. And then the third thing is, well, can we find something good to write about? And it's always about Star Trek. Oh, sorry, technology of the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, that's the, the case. But, you know, that article that you mentioned, when I read it, I doubled over in laughter yeah. because it I've was had, funny. I've had a Roomba now for almost 15 years. Yeah. And you know what you have to do with a Roomba? <laughs> it gets stuck. You got to pick it up. You got to move it. You got to give it a kick. Uh, you know, and it's like, and I thought, well, you know, it is kind of primitive software. But then I thought, you know what? You don't need very complicated software. You just got to make sure you've got enough sensors and the sensors, you know, convey the location information, we should be fine. And, um, and, and to me, that's the problem with the Roomba. So the more sensors you put in there, I think the better it will operate. Because, you know, it can't see, right? Technology's blind. And that's really, I can't remember, uh, but I, I think in that article, mm -hmm. they compared these robots to the Roombas. Oh my gosh. I right? <laughs> I mean, they're just sort of bumping into walls and coming back around and... Um, uh, and I'm so, obviously there are 
robotics in certain manufacturing um, elements that are very sophisticated. I don't know how expensive they are, or how widespread they are, but you know the logistics robots uh, seem to be like the restaurant, you know, waitress with a tray, like just sort of moving back and forth. Um, and, sort and of occasionally, a and occasionally running into somebody and spilling coffee on them. Exactly. Well, let me let me say this. My dad said the difference between uh, technology and technology is that technology is you got something to work once. And real technology is you got something to work 99.99% of the time. And what that article is describing, what we've seen, and I have heard here in town that uh, some automated forklift smashed into the D.C. Uh, cafeteria for the workers, uh, sent a few folks to the hospital, get, you know, minor stuff, but and so they ripped it all out and uh, junked it in the corner and went back to human-centric, you know, work, which I don't think is the right answer. I think the right answer is to slowly introduce the technology. I was in Cleveland, or Columbus last year, and uh, met some of the folks who are running DCs. It was for a, a, uh, a, a very serious conference, the, the Supply, Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals, CSCMP. A lot of the folks who are running these warehouses, they are, they've got certificates, you know, being trained there. And so, uh, you know, they don't say stuff willy-nilly. And so they had a couple guys get up and show that they had employees at home with uh, virtual reality masks and uh, joysticks, and they were able to manipulate the, uh, uh, the, the forklifts around the warehouse. And so that's, I call that mechanization. In my head, I have to put labels on things or I forget. So to me, that's mechanization. It's the same thing we did with the farms. First, you had some poor guy with his jackass pulling a plow through the field, and then we invented the tractor, and productivity went through the roof. And uh, yeah, now they're all GPS um, loaded, right? And yeah. They can oh, the, the plow the fields and, and harvest without even a driver, right? Yeah. One, one farmer, I think, at this point could manage 100,000 acres. And uh, if you go to Fargo, North Dakota, uh, that is the American Center for Agricultural Technology. It's not Silicon Valley, it's not New York, it's nowhere else but in Fargo, North Dakota. And I got to see some of that. Uh, I've got good friends in the area, soybean farmers, and it is impressive what they're able to do. So you get one farmer who's got a soybean futures training, you know, a, a, a chart on his Bloomberg. Uh, he's got weather patterns with weather forecasts. Uh, he's got his computer for all the other doodad stuff that he has to do. He has a CNBC on the TV screen because he's all alone. There's nobody else. <laughs> and, uh, and you could run a 100,000 acre farm. You know, you've got your everything going out there with the GPS, like you said. Uh, and then underneath the tractors, they have soil samplers, big data soil samplers. And so in every part of the farm, you can see how humid the soil is, how fertile it is, how infested it is. And you can then, in, 
send another tractor out with water or, or whatever you need and go you know, pour it on that part of the farm so as to improve the yield of the farm. So what you're, you're seeing, the, the, the label is more mechanization yeah. than technological advancement. Exactly. What's your, what, when, when you hear the term AI, yeah. regardless of what it sort of seems to you know, be uh, you know, in a journal or, or wherever else now, what does AI really mean to you? To me, AI is a, a state, and I, I get this from Ray Kurzweil, the book, uh, uh, The Singularity. I highly recommend reading that. It'll, it'll make you think about, you know, the ultimate end of humanity, but that's another story. But you, the machine, That's a little heavy for today, right, Yeah, Walter? it is, it is. I know. I, I promised you I wouldn't do that, but, you know, right off the cliff. No, but he basically says around 2040, we'll have machines that will be able to repair themselves, but also to invent themselves. Oh, we need a machine that can do this, this, and this. The machines then design it. They've got the, the intelligence, the database, the, you know, to be able to do so. Then they send the instructions down to the, to the factory floor. If the product gets assembled. They charge it up a little bit, and it goes, it's, it's live. And so, but this is where you get a little worried about those, you know, doomsday science fiction stories where the machines take over the world. But yeah, there's an Arnold Schwarzenegger film ready to be launched on that one, right? <laughs> exactly. But that's real AI. What we have right now is some clunky stuff that kind of works. And I'll give you an example. That same farmer guy, you know, friend of mine, uh, Bob Sinner, he, uh, uh, he asked me to come up and give a talk. And so I, um, it was to the Midwestern Agriculture Conference. So for the hell of it, I pulled up ChatGPT and I said, what matters most to U.S. Uh, farmers and, and agriculture these days? And it came back and, uh, and it gave me a nice textbook list of stuff. Yeah, you know, oh, uh, tariffs, foreign exchange rates, uh, commodity prices, etc. And then when I, and then it was done. And I go, great, if I got this from a uh, seventh grader, I would be pleased. But from the chat GPT, I, would, I can't use this. The one thing that's really, really important to farmers, which is 90% of the delivered price of a vegetable, like a tomato at your local Publix, is transportation. And it did not list transportation. So I thought, ah, well, if I try it again, it always says try it again. So. Uh, after five tries, it's like, I got better things to do, okay? So it was not giving me a complete list, much less was it giving me an obvious, really important element. And that just tells me that, this, uh, that the chat GPT is very nice, the, the generative AI is all very nice, uh, it can solve a few math problems, uh, kind of like Mathematica, the big program could 30 years ago, but uh, this is hardly any kind of an advance. So, I mean, the way that I sort of think about this is, you know, the, the valuation in the stock market of all the companies that are touting that, you know, a, they have AI in their back pocket. Um, <laughs> I don't think that I even need to ask the question at this point. So, so where did Tesla use to trade? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. No, uh, uh, back in the year 2000, uh, where did Microsoft use the trade? 
make the list of the stuff. Oh my goodness. You know, the problem is the stock market just starts overpricing the future revenues way too early. Uh, and, and, and that's where bubbles are born. The article, that, the last article I read on uh, AI, I, I think yesterday um, in the journal was talking about the uh, inability of programmers to match the uh, uh, algorithms uh, because of the irrational factor of human emotions uh, in trading. And it's exactly what you're talking about. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's like the, um, the run that we saw last summer on uh, GameStop and some of these other things where, you know, you take a company that's virtually got no value and it becomes popular, it's a novelty, it's a conversation piece. And the next thing you know, the, the, the stock's trading at $100 yeah. a share, but there's no intrinsic value other than, for a moment, everybody wants it, right? Exactly. See, and this is a problem for economists as well. You know, <clears throat> economic models uh, are very carefully thought out. I, used, I was, a, as you know, I was a mathematical, theoretical economist. And so when we built models of any market, any economy, <coughs> the, the models were, were well-structured. We checked for all kinds of things, stability conditions, yada, yada, yada. And uh, that's great. But the problem is those models assumed that the actors, the, the agents in the economy, um, were rational. Right. And that does not work. It just doesn't. You know, we've got people with mental health issues uh, sometimes permanent, sometimes temporary, uh, you know, like who, who's out there predicting road rage? But uh, these things do happen, and how would a, an autonomous vehicle respond to that? You know, there are things like that that I think about, because I, I don't think they've got it all fully factored in. So in, in, your, in your mind, um, where we are with robotics and AI, in terms of the book, we're, we're really just in the introduction. We haven't even got to chapter one yet, have we? No, no, but then, <laughs> but you know, uh, NVIDIA is doing very well with the chips. Yeah. I'm not surprised because the, their chips power the AI in video games, and, uh, and everybody's all excited at the progress of, from this, that you're taking the video game AI and applying it over here. Um, I haven't played video games much since my son graduated from high school. We used to play video games and like hockey, where we beat the crap out of each other. Fun games. Yeah. Um, but sometimes we'd play on the same side against the computer. And uh, the computer, when you set it on high, it would, it would trash you. Yeah. Okay, you didn't get out of that one. I mean, you, you didn't, you hardly won anything, okay? It was a, and so I, I look at that. And then I've been looking at video games today, and I can see a definite improvement in the AI, but I don't see the functional you know, kind of improvement where the game kind of plays against you, but at your own level. So if you're a beginner, it doesn't play against you like the machine's full professional. Right. You know, it, you know, it should be able to, and as you move up, go with you. You have to choose the setting, and you can get very frustrated if you pick the, the most senior setting because it just beats the crap out of you and the game's over in 30 seconds flat. <laughs> but I guess it only takes one breakthrough, one application to sort of like a one hole in the dam 
yeah. to create a surge, right? Exactly. But you see, here we are talking about how the video games are leading the way. Um, I have a problem with that, and uh, you know, and, and jumping from there to robots picking up boxes in an Amazon distribution center. You know, one's sitting in a box, and the other is, you know, well, it's also in a box, but it's it's physically doing something. And uh, anyways, that's my that's what I think. You know, I think we are quite some ways away from the machines fixing themselves, repairing themselves, and in, in your case, finding themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We're going to close on that one. Hey, guys, enjoyed it. Thank Have you. a great afternoon. Hey, thanks for watching.